Hey, what's up and welcome along to another edition of Tea and Tech with myself, Mr. B. This is a podcast where we talk all things tech, all whilst enjoying a nice cup of tea. It's that simple. Uh, Mr. BK Official is where you can find me on the socials. If you're watching this on YouTube, don't forget that you can click on that subscribe button because that helps me out a lot. And hit the notification so that you get told every time I post a new video. If you're listening to this on any of the major podcast platforms, then by all means, hit that follow button. So again, you know every time I've posted a new episode. And if you really want to, you can head on over to YouTube where you can check out this ugly mug. So what do we do? So Tea and Tech is all about tech. um, And I go through some of the latest news stories, some of the stories that kind of jump out at me and I find of interest. And hopefully that means you do too. Um, If you know me, you'll know that most of my episodes, uh, I discuss something to do with Apple. You may be happy to know that this one has zero Apple in it. Although... There has been an announcement this week for Apple, but it won't be for this episode. So yeah, it can be anything tech-related. It can be obscure. It can be more mainstream. Um, but generally just tech that jumps out at me. Um, I've got a few stories this week to talk about. Um, one of which is from mobile phone um, charger an accessory manufacturer, Anchor. So Anchor, as you may know, in the world of mobile devices, um, make battery packs, chargers, um, a full range of accessories for mobile uh, mobile devices. They also um, own a brand called Ufi. I think it's how how you pronounce it, Ufi, E-U-F-Y, which is essentially... um, it's a smart home, smart home devices, which essentially competes with the likes of Ring security devices. They also have Soundcore Audio and Nebula uh, projectors. So if you know either of those brands and you didn't know that they were belong to Anchor, now you do. You see, it's worthwhile listening. So Anchor have stepped into the world of 3D printing. Now, this is something that I would really like to get into um, haven't delved into it as yet. Um, it has become a very user-friendly way of doing things now. The cost of these 3D printers have dropped dramatically. You can still pay very, very uh, large amounts of money for high-end professional 3D printers that print on a large scale. But for the general consumer, you can you can invest in a 3D printer, which is relatively easy to set up and to use um, for not a lot of money. Now, Anchor have stepped into this world and their product, which is the Anchor Make M5, excuse me while I pull the headphones off my head. um, This is, it's got a couple of features, which um, is something that most 3D printing people would add on to their 3D printers. So for instance, it it has a built-in webcam which means that you can log into it at any point and check how your 3D print is doing remotely. 
but it also has a time-lapse capability. So this is something that most people will do where they set up a camera separately and record a time-lapse of that print happening because printing takes quite a long time. It can take 12 hours, it can take days. It can, you know, it depending on the complexity of what you're printing and also the size of it. Um, and your printer uh, also has a maximum print range. So if you're printing something that's quite large, you would have to print multiple small pieces and attach them together somehow. Um, this sits in that kind of mid-range, I would say. Um, it has started on Kickstarter, uh, and they're looking at an, a starting price of four nine nine four nine nine, which is an early bird price. Although it will jump to seven fifty nine once um, available for retail, uh, which is quite a hike up in the price. But one of their, as I said, one of the key things that they're looking to do is make it as user-friendly as possible. But they also want it to be as fast as possible. Now, I personally think that that's, this leads to some potential issues. The faster you're printing, I think you're going to have elements with overheating. The, the plastic that you're melting to print obviously has to be heated to a certain uh, degree to be able to be a smooth essentially liquid uh, as you're printing it and it, it dries out. I just think that the faster you're printing and the more that you're pumping through that, it's going to get hotter. So I, I don't know, but I think there might be some overheating issues with this, but I'm no expert. But they're saying it'll print up to 250 millimeters a second, um, which is on average five times faster than most entry-level um, printers. Uh, it's definitely five times faster than the leading Prusa MK3S. Um, so it's an interesting one for Anchor. I think it's a very clever mood, move. Uh, it's quite a smart-looking device as well. It has a touchscreen built in. It's obviously got the webcam. And then it has a little arm where you can mount your spool. Spool? Is that the right word? Spool of plastic, which then feeds through. Um so yeah, this is an interesting one. I'm going to keep an eye on it. So it's basically very fast, app-controlled, with a camera and AI recognition. The setup time is assembled with three steps in under 15 minutes. So it's eight screws. Uh, you connect two pieces together with eight screws, and then there's two USB sticks, um, two USB cables that uh, are added. It's also got Wi-Fi. Um, it does have Google Assistant and Amazon Alexa built in which is interesting. The time-lapse photography, you can click and share it to Facebook and Instagram directly from it. That's quite cool. The print volume, so length by width by height, is 235 by 235 by 250 millimeters. Uh, standard speed is 250 millimeters per second. It can go up to 300 millimeters per second. Uh, it does say that it has an acceleration speed of 250, uh, sorry, 2,500 millimeters uh, per second squared. I don't know if that makes sense to you. It doesn't to me. Uh, it's an interesting one. It's probably a bit on the high-end price-wise for me to start off with entry-level, I would say. Um, but it's a great brand. I'm a lover of Anchor products. I think they're fantastic. So I'm assuming that they've made a good device in this. Okay, then on to Bluetooth. Now, this is something that kind of shocked me. I kind of took it for granted that Bluetooth is 
just Bluetooth. Didn't think about the fact that somebody owns the rights to Bluetooth and and has to be paid every time somebody uses Bluetooth in a device. So the Bluetooth group is fighting the makers of Dodge and Jeep for not paying twice. Now, uh, it's a U.S. appeals court um, case. Uh, so Fiat Chrysler Automobiles, or FCA, um, has uh, been sued by the Bluetooth SIG, which is Bluetooth Special Interest Group. Um, they've been sued because... Essentially, they've been putting the same Bluetooth devices in multiple cars. So um, they're the same overall manufacturer. So for instance, um, let me give you an example, GMC and Cadillac, for instance. Uh, a GMC Yukon is essentially a Cadillac Escalade, but different interior, different levels of luxury, different price category as well. So what they're doing is they're paying Bluetooth to use it in one brand, but not paying for the other. That's how I read it. Um, and they should be paying for every manufacturer that they're using it in. The reason I picked this story, not so much about the actual case itself, was just the fact that Bluetooth is a registered trademark, which I guess makes sense, and I'd never really thought about it before. But whoever it is that came up with this Bluetooth technology Every device that has Bluetooth, which, let's be honest, is a lot of devices, um, they have to pay a license fee to use that technology. Very interesting. Well, very interesting for me. Maybe not for you. Um, Epic and Lego partner to build a metaverse for kids. Now, I'm still really unaware of Metaverse. I, I get what it is. It's a 3D virtual world. Um, when you look at Mark Zuckerberg and Facebook and what they're pitching uh, for the Metaverse, you're essentially working from home, but in a 3D world, you're in your your office and you can see other people from your team in the Metaverse, all whilst wearing um, VR headsets. I don't, again, I don't know much about it, so maybe I'm doing it an injustice, but I don't really get why you would do that. I wouldn't, I much prefer to be in an office with people rather than sitting remotely looking at a virtual um, image or avatar of them. But anyway, uh, these two companies have joined together, Epic and Lego, they're two of the biggest biggest names in entertainment, so obviously we know that um, who Lego is. But Epic uh, is the Fortnite developer. Fortnite, which is one of the most successful games in the world. Um, they are excited to come together to build a space in the metaverse that's fun, entertaining, and made for kids and families. And that comes from Tim Sweeney, who's the uh, CEO of Epic. Now, the details are a bit scarce at the minute, um, but the companies are saying that whatever it is they end up building will be designed as a family-friendly virtual space from the beginning. So the LEGO Group and Epic Games will combine their extensive experience to ensure that this next iteration of the internet is designed from the outset with the well-being of kids in mind. 
Um, the pairing makes a certain amount of sense. Epic has extensive experience creating virtual worlds, which we know of, uh, primarily through Fortnite. Uh, and Lego has increasingly uh, has a, 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 an increasingly large focus on video games, where they've just launched the Star Wars. Is it the Skywalker Saga? I think I think it's Skywalker Saga. Um, the new partnership joins a host of other attempts from companies building their own interpretation of the metaverse, which to date includes everyone from Pokemon. Pokemon Go Maker, Niantic, to the rebranded Facebook um, and major NFT brands. There's no information about what this new Fortnite meets Lego world could look like, um, but when it's available, I'm sure we will see it and I will be able to tell you. So staying with Facebook and Metaverse, Meta is reportedly making Zookbooks. Now, Zookbooks is the name that's been given by Facebook employees to this as kind of a, a joke. It's probably going to stick. But Facebook or Metaverse, um, Meta, not Metaverse, Meta, are looking to um, create a virtual currency. Now, it's not a cryptocurrency. It's a virtual currency that can be used within the Metaverse itself um, to trade or to buy or which is kind of how Bitcoin started, right? I think Bitcoin was a gaming thing. I could be wrong. Um, Zookbooks, seemingly named for uh, Meta founder and CEO Mark Zuckerberg. Um, they're unlikely to be cryptocurrency. Instead, Meta is leaning toward introducing an in-app token that would be centrally controlled by the company, similar to those used in gaming apps such as Robux. Um and Roblox. Interesting. Uh, Meta hasn't totally distanced itself from blockchain products as the company also is looking into posting and sharing NFTs on Facebook. Non... Oh, I can never remember what NFT is. Um, That's going to bug me. Anyway, NFTs is something that I need to look into more as well. It's a digital world where you can sell art, audio, movie... Um, I haven't done it any injustice there, or sorry, I haven't done it any favours describing it like that. But uh, yeah, need to look a little bit more into NFTs. In addition, Meta is exploring social tokens and reputation tokens, which could be issued as rewards for meaningful contributions in Facebook groups. For example, the company is also apparently looking into traditional financial services like small business loans. Yeah, this is gone a little bit too far. Okay, moving on from that, um, as I mentioned earlier, this is all about tech, and this is a bit of a random one, but Joe Biden, Joe Biden and tech. The Biden-affiliated nonprofit group Building Back Together plans to launch its own TikTok account on Wednesday as part of the group's latest effort to engage young people with the president's agenda ahead of the 2022 midterm elections. Now, on the, on the outside, this is a great idea. I think he's they're targeting a user group that are probably not necessarily interested in politics or certainly not watching every day what the president's agenda is. 
you put that into a medium or platform that they're used to. And yeah, it, it becomes something that they're more likely to engage with, I'm assuming. So the group's account at Building Back Together plans to create content inspired by TikTok trends and features like the green screen function to explain President Joe Biden's agenda to the platform's predominantly younger user base. The organization staff will frequently appear on the account along with new clips and audio featuring the president. Wow, so the president's on TikTok. By launching a TikTok account, we're building off uh, the work, the, the goal of reaching the large and growing user base of this plas- platform, including young people who disproportionately use TikTok. A building back together spokesman uh, has told online uh, The Verge. Interesting. Biden's initial Build Back Together proposal stalled out last year, leaving an expansive climate and social safety net provisions in limbo. Earlier this week, uh, Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer signaled that Democrats would continue their push to pass the elusive economic agenda. The Biden White House has embraced TikTok as an outreach tool despite lingering concerns over the app's Chinese parent company. So yeah, uh, I think this is uh, an interesting one. I think it's a very clever use of technology. Um, we all know who was very um, active on Twitter as a president, but uh, I think even Obama was probably uh, one of the first presidents who was quite active on social media, um, certainly that I am aware of. Um Okay, then we look at Amazon. Amazon Music's prices are going up for Prime members. Mm. Now, Amazon is increasing the price of its music streaming service um, as of May 5th. So Amazon Prime subscribers will have to pay $8.99 a month or $89 a year for access to Music Unlimited. And that's up from $7.99 or $79 a year, respectively. Um, The price of the single device uh, plan, which lets you listen to the full library, but only from a single Echo or Fire TV device, is also increasing from $3.99 to $4.99 a month. So if you're not a Prime member, you can still use Apple Music. Uh, Apple Music. I did say I wasn't going to mention Apple. Amazon Music Unlimited um, for $9.99. Now, if you're an Amazon Prime user, that means that your discount on this has reduced. So it used to be a $2 um, reduction. With this price increase, it now means that you're only getting $1 uh, discount. Amazon does include a pared-down version of its music stream uh, service with a regular Prime subscription, but its features are limited, and it's a catalogue of just 2 million songs compared to 90 million on the Unlimited. There's also no support for lossless CD quality or high-res music streams without paying for the Unlimited. Amazon Music is often reported to be the world's third-largest music streaming service behind Spotify and Apple Music. As of Q2 last year, research agency Media reported that Apple Music, which typically costs $9.99 a month, dollars, had around 78.6 million subscribers compared to Amazon um, 68.1 million. Spotify 
meanwhile, had 180 million premium subscribers by the end of last year. Interesting. So on that one, I actually do listen to Apple Music and YouTube Music. I have kind of stepped away from Spotify. Um, and depending on, on where I am, if I'm in the car, sometimes I'll listen to YouTube Music. If I'm at home, I'm listening to Apple Music on, on the kind of Apple infrastructure. Again, I'm mentioning Apple when I said I wouldn't. Um, so yeah, it's it's an interesting one. I haven't really looked into Amazon Music much. I haven't used it. Um, so it's not really... I, I'm an Amazon Prime uh, member, so I, yes, I lose a dollar of the discount, but I'm not subscribed to it, so it doesn't really make a difference. Um, but it has caused some raised eyebrows on this one. It's an interesting story. So I guess... We'll wrap it up on that, nice and easy. That was, what, six stories with no stories about Apple, although I did mention Apple a number of times. And I've said Apple again, so every time I mention Apple. Anyway, moving on from that, uh, thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed. I will be back on the next one with some more interesting news, which will probably involve some Apple, let's be honest. If you've liked it, please don't forget, hit that subscribe button hit the notifications so that you will know every time I post a video. And if you're listening to this as a podcast on any of the platforms, make sure you hit that follow. Also, if you want to reach out to me, let me know about some stories of interest that I can talk about. It's Mr. BK Official. And as always, I hope you stay safe. And if you're watching on YouTube, I'll see you next time. And if you're listening... I'll hear you next time. I won't hear you. You'll hear me. What am I talking about? Take it easy. See you in the next one.